Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. Of course, today I was, wasn't sure whether or not I was going to be able to make it because my car happened to be in the shop with a belt that was squealing and just making god-awful noises. I thought the whole belt was going to have to be replaced. Apparently, all they had to do was tighten it. Hmm, so and it's already back? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I got it back this afternoon. Thankfully, it, it was looking like it wasn't going to happen because they didn't call me, right? And usually, in my experience with this mechanic is they're going to call you quickly and they're going to let you know, hey, your car is ready. If they don't call you, it means your car is not ready. But me being impatient, I was like, hey, you know, guys, I've got, got a life to live here and you got my car. And ultimately, they did end up calling me back and that was all squared away. So thank goodness for that. And then I was like, oh, crap. But I still may not be able to do the show because I've got this other thing at five o'clock today that I completely forgotten about until my attorney emailed me this afternoon with a document, a motion to continue my sentencing, which was scheduled for January the 26th. Presumably, it's going to get pushed back. The judge has not signed off on it. So as of right now, sentencing is still taking place on January the 26th. But uh, the prosecutors have assented to this motion, which means they, they're fine with it getting pushed back. And my attorney wants to push it back for various reasons. And we suspect that it's probably going to get pushed back to like mid-March or something like that. And I'm not super happy about it. It sucks, you know? Having this sort of Damocles, because if ever, that, that's an analogy that I've always used. The sort of Damocles was, I think, obviously from Greek mythology, it was this guy who, who pissed off Zeus, as yeah. a lot of people did back then. So Zeus hung, tied him to a rock under a tree with a sword hanging over him, you know, wafting in the breeze. And at any given time, that sword could fall. And, it's the uncertainty. Right. Except on the, in this particular case, I happen to know when that sword is going to fall. And that really doesn't make things any better. It's just like, I also know I'm going to die one day, right? But I don't know when that is, so it's, it's far removed from me, and it's not something that I spend any time thinking about. However, this, especially as it, it gets closer, I know that sword is going to fall on that day. But to make it sort of damocles it's like, you know it'll fall, but you don't know if it's going to land next to you. Or on here. Right. There, there are and a, that's what's so annoying. There's a large number of questions about, you know, what exactly the sentencing will be. It could be prison, right? It could end up in prison for 36 months. And I don't want to go to prison. Don't get me wrong. God knows I don't want to go to prison. However, if I'm going to have to go to prison, I'd rather go ahead and go and get that clock ticking, right? I'd, I'd rather not put it off for two months and then get released two months down the later because the, the anxiety of waiting it i know prison's not pleasant but like how much worse could it be than having the prospective prison sentence just perpetually in the back of your mind 24 7 to the extent that for the last week or so and i suspect it's only going to get worse as the sentencing gets near i've been having dreams about the sentencing like every single night some sort of dream about the sentencing or the trial or something because it's just always there it's like you can't plan anything. You can't, like, you know, change anything about your life because you have this other thing that's almost like a obligation, but it's even worse than that. It's a forced obligation that you don't want to do. I do feel better in having interacted with uh, this judge in the past and having seen this judge be not exact, not at all what I would expect of a federal judge, right? Most of my experiences with federal judges is like reading the news. And there are people like the judge who oversaw the Ross Ulbricht case. And mm-hmm. they, they're 100%. They don't care about anything. They're going to railroad you. And that's, that's it. You're guilty. They don't care about anything else. As soon as they look at you, you're guilty. And they want to put you in prison for life. This judge has not been that. It's weird. I, I think the federal judges are just better than state judges. I don't know what it is because I've had to go to two different federal judges in Utah and they were just like, I, I walked away the first time just like, dang, that guy is awesome. Like, I like him. Like, I mean, technically, I still got freaking like in punisher of victimless crime, but it was just like he wasn't like j- just like doing whatever the prosecution said and the prosecution wanted so much 
BS from, yeah. from him. He, he, he like yelled at him and told him he was being stupid and then gave me a lighter sentence or whatever. And then the one after that was just like, really like, let me just sit there and tell my story to him. And this judge is just like probably the least cool of the three that I've seen, but still 10 times cooler than any state judge that I've seen, which I've seen tons. I mean, not personally, I've never been in state court myself, but I've been in the court room right. watching like i don't know probably like 10 or 20 state ones and they all suck in new hampshire this judge is certainly better and it, it was a difficult situation for me right because i recognize the religious trappings of the court system and the u.s system and the the whole process of standing for the judge and all of that so is weird it's so it's so weird and it's so religious it yeah. violates my religious Absolutely. rights and my religious beliefs it's like a to, cult yeah to have to stand there and honor this this robed figure that this priest right it violates every aspect of my of my world view however i respect this judge because well my the first time of ever being in this judge's courtroom i i went in in business casual just like my attorney told me but it, it was a sleeveless business casual and the judge was not happy about that. He said, you wear sleeves in my courtroom. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he called me out there in the federal court in front of everyone. I was so taken off guard because out of everything I expected that day, that was not among the things I expected. Yeah, and you were observing from the crowd, not like on the stand or something. Right, I was just out there in the crowd. I don't remember why I was there. Oh, it was for, I think... Renee's? I think it was for Renee's sentencing. Yeah. And luckily, my attorney was there, so he asked to approach, and he explained to the judge, hey, look, this is Ari so She's my client. She's trans, so that she's not here in, like, a tank top, as it would appear. This is actual business casual, and this is actually appropriate. And then my attorney came and sat back down. Things proceeded as normally. And then at the end of the sentencing hearing, the judge in front of the entire courtroom, Judge LaPlante, apologized to me. For, for the situation you know, that And I've seen him do that before as well, where he kind of scolded somebody, like called somebody out in front of the whole courtroom. And then, you know, a little bit later, he's like, you know what? Sorry. Yeah. And it, it so. was it was absolutely remarkable to I mean, it's not easy to say I was wrong and to apologize to someone in the first place. Right. That's not easy to do. Even if you're even if you're a no one, I work with people all the time who can't admit that they were yeah. wrong, that I put the, they put the wrong toppings on a pizza, something that trivial. They can admit, but here's a federal judge with all of the powers inherent in that station, right? He's as close to being a king as one can be in the United States. So he's got all matter power. He can point at someone in that crowd and have them arrested. For those who don't know, everyone gets a score. The, the, the U.S. government breaks everyone down into a score. The first number is your criminal history, and everyone falls into, I think, there's five different categories of this. I don't remember exactly how many categories there are now, but every single American citizen is one of these groups. And then they look at the the sentencing, or the the whatever it was you were guilty. I can't think of the term right now. The, the guidelines. Okay. And every single crime has a number associated with it. And that number can vary, like operating an unlicensed money transmitting business in and of itself it's like a two, but you get numbers added to that based on the amounts. Like for up to $10,000, you get two added to it. For up to 50000 you get four added to it and so on. And they calculate all of that. They multiply it by your number, of, which is based on your criminal history. And then that's, that's your sentencing guideline. And I don't remember now what mine is. I want to say it was 19, but I don't remember off the top of my head. And then you look at that up and it corresponds to a certain number of months of a sentence. But it doesn't specify whether it's a prison sentence or a probationary sentence or presumably it could be a mix and match where the judge is like, okay, 36 months, so two years in prison and then a a year of probation or one year of prison, two years of probation. I don't know. There's a, there's a huge berth that the judge can choose to go with. So the goal is to mitigate that, that's what it's called. It's to come up with reasons why one shouldn't be sentenced to prison or why the judge should be lenient or the prosecutor's job to find out why the judge should you know, drop the hammer and send them to prison. And there's all sorts of things that could influence this one direction or the other. And of course, my attorney and I are pursuing as many of them as we can possibly think of. The man pulled up my elementary school 
transcripts, right? Like my elementary school report cards from first grade and kindergarten and the special notes that the teachers made about whatever. It's exhaustingly exhaustive. And among those other things is seeing a a behavioral evaluative, I don't remember the exact terminology, a therapist who's going to, you know, evaluate me and give a recommendation. And that's, that's what the cause of the delay at the moment, because this process is evidently taking longer than anyone expected. Now, I mentioned that we're doing uh, TikTok, TikTok videos now, and we are. We're, there's actually one from last night's show that I need to clip up, oh. well, because it's going to be great, right? Like that part where uh, Mark said, basically, the, uh, the only benefit of doing whatever he's did, whatever, he said you can live on a different plantation. That, that yep. was the culmination <laughs> what, of Mark's. What's his great plan for escaping <laughs> the plantation that is the United States? Walk on to another plantation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but his plantation's better. Well, yeah, he certainly Allegedly. seems to think so. And, you know, that that was the gist of the conversation last night. It, oh, man. It was a lively conversation where Ian and I both pointed out to Mark accurately that he has completely lost touch with the life of the average person. And he does not understand anymore. Like, Ian said it directly. Dude, you've forgotten where you came from, right? He's the Kim Kardashian of, I, you know... Wasn't she always wealthy, though? Oh, yeah. Well, she was always wealthy. That's true. But I was just saying, as far as being out of touch, I was going to say she, yeah. he's the Kim Kardashian of Free Talk Live. But you're right. It should be someone who used to be poor. She was, like, born rich. Mark That's is, just so funny to think of, to compare Mark to Kim Kardashian. But it, it's, not as, it's not as inappropriate as you might think. Because he, he is completely detached from the, the suffering of the average person, right? He, he legitimately does not understand... Why the average person can't just up and move to the Honduras. He's Marie Antoinette. Let them eat cake, right? And last night we were pointing out, dude, people are living paycheck to paycheck. Then he went straight boomer on everyone. It's not my fault they make bad financial decisions and they choose Starbucks. Okay. It's like the uh, avocado toast. The the Paris Hilton shirt. Stop being poor. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that? (laughs) I have not. I love... She... I mean, she's funny. I think that she's like purposely... She's like realize she's cognizant of her image so she wore a shirt that said stop being poor and it's really funny <laughs> paris hilton did this yeah, yeah. that is awesome yeah, it was like in the early 2000s okay uh, I, i'm gonna buy this shirt for mark <laughs> right i mean to, mark is a great guy you know we're laughing at him he's welcome to call in and defend himself if you want he, he he can do that i mean he's got special ways to do that right where he doesn't have to just call the phone line but he he was wrong in this particular subject, and I don't remember how now we got into this particular thing. Nikki was there when he challenged me to an after show, and then he basically oh, yeah, he just said basically if it doesn't basically he said that the United States has the right to charge you rent, aka taxes, for living here, even though you were just born here and never agreed to, because that they they rightly own the United States, and it's just like I don't understand how some not human entity rightly owns the land I live on and he no. didn't have an answer. Yeah, I don't consent to that. Yeah. No, of course not. And I do remember how I got onto this subject because we're talking about TikTok because oh. one of the things I'm going to be doing and that I am doing is just I haven't had calls to do it yet is instead of putting all of these videos to TikTok immediately, some of them will go to Patreon first. And you okay, can watch it there nice before you can see it. Maybe maybe it'll never go to TikTok. I don't know. I, we haven't fully decided yet. But, you know, before I put a, the next video on TikTok, it's going to be available on our Patreon. And then maybe after a few days, I'll actually throw it on the TikTok as well. But some of these will be 100% original content that you've never seen before. Like I was working on a video recently where a friend of mine had given me this flyer that she received. Uh, she lives in the town of Swansea, which is nearby. It was this... Do you know what's in your kids' public libraries? Sort of flyers, things. Harry Potter. It's so Republican. It's worse than that. There's there's a book called This Book Is Gay, apparently. And I've, I've got to bring this to you for just so we can have it here in the studio because it's remarkable. Wait, did you get the book? No. Oh. I, I just got a flyer about oh. the book. Yeah. And presumably the argument is that no matter how good they raise their kids to be fine, upstanding, God-fearing Christians... Mm. One gay book will yeah. undo all of that. Every straight dude out there listening to the show right now, if you think you can just be gay if you decide to be, can, can you imagine yourself kissing an, another man and being aroused by this and it going anywhere? I mean, you you know 
that wouldn't work. That you would not be aroused. You would not be interested in this. You would be the opposite of interested in this. And you might actually vomit because (laughs) you're straight, not gay, right? The idea that you can read just a single book or you can just arbitrarily make a decision. Well, I don't want to be straight anymore. Or Johnny can just make a decision that he just doesn't want to be straight anymore. It's just complete nonsense. It's You know where it stems from? The unproven idea that was created like only like two decades ago that your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25. They think like, oh, your brain's still developing when you're in middle school. I mean, it's not that it's not, but it's just like your subconscious has been built by the time you're six. Reading a book, if you're not gay, isn't going to make you gay when you're in like middle school. No, I don't think any reading any book at any age is going to make a person gay. This is why I've always stressed to people that, you know, I was wearing the women's clothes and identifying as a woman to the extent that it was possible for me long before I was ever even in, in, in kindergarten. Long before the wicked ways of the world had any way of corrupting me and turning me away from God and convincing me that I'm actually trans and I want to wear women's clothes. Like long before any of that, I was already trans. And I don't think, I mean, clearly no amount of Christian propaganda and brainwash about how cross-dressing is evil and homosexuality is evil and all of this is spawn of the devil and you've got to be turned against it or you're going to hell. None of that turned me into a straight dude. So how hmm. could any of it in the other direction turn someone into That's a great point. Into That's a great a point. Homosexual. And to be clear, I wasn't trying to say that it would work if you read the book right. when you were six or younger. It's just like, <laughs> I don't think that it's true that everyone's brain is just undeveloped, moldable Play-Doh until they're 25. Stupid. Now, it's curious how malleable people think other people are. Maybe, maybe it's projection on their parts, but I... Surely they know that they can't be influenced so easily. Like, you can't slip them subtle... You can't put gay people in their sitcom and eventually it's going to turn them gay, right? Like, surely my grandmother knows that no matter how many gay people she sees on TV, she's not going to wake up one day and be a lesbian. Hmm. Or or does she think that? Or does, does I she mean, legit- probably. That's probably why they're so afraid of it. <laughs> I honestly don't know, and it's never well, occurred to me to ask until right now. There's lots of those people that are like, they find out someone's gay, and they're like, I don't want to be around them. Like it's contagious or, or something. Or contagious, and also just like, they're going to hit on me because I'm a male, and it's just so like, no, stupid. Don't like, flatter yourself. Yeah. The straight grooming, I guess I could call it for lack of a better term, is more detrimental for children than whatever gay propaganda these people think they're being exposed to because, because it's, it's so acceptable pervasive? well it's it's acceptable to be straight right but a lot of these people are cramming it into kids head like if you're gay you're gonna go to hell and you know you can't do this you can't do that and i think that is more detrimental for children's mental health and that's why a lot of gay and trans people struggle with i mean everyone probably struggles with their mental health but i'm sure there's a higher rate of depression and suicide and things like this in people that are gay or trans because of all of the societal pressures and pressures from family and religion and, you know, social norms. It's just so weird to me that people will have kids and instead of being, like, excited to find out who this person is, like, they want to make the person what they want it to be. Like, it seems like 90% of parents are like that. Well, they want to live vicariously through their children. You know, it's like a second chance. It's like, well, yep. I screwed up my life. So, you know, it's this. Let me you, screw up my kids now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you better become a doctor. And, you know, it's it's you make a good point about the the way that straight normalization is just like pushed on everyone. Like I think of the movie The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a totally innocuous movie. I don't mean to pick on the movie, but the Disney movie, it's about a woman being in love with the man, which is fine, right? Don't get me wrong. However, if you swap that around just a little bit, and I don't know, you make the mermaid black, that's going to upset everyone. But yeah. if, you do, if you do a different thing and you make her not in love with the man, but in love with the woman, suddenly, oh no, Disney's grooming kids, right? It's grooming kids to have the Little Mermaid be about a a woman loving another woman, but it's not grooming if it's a man. 
And they're, it's just like Christians, where their worldview, Christianity, is so ubiquitous throughout the United States that they literally cannot see it, right? They literally do not see how Christianity has affected the United States. Like, literally, a federal holiday has your God's name in it, Christmas, yeah. right? And they're like, no, Christ. Christians are under attack in the United States. We're losing ground. Atheists control everything and Christ is getting pushed out of the schools and out of the out of the government when like literally there has never been an American president who who described himself as an atheist. If you if you describe yourself as an atheist, you're never going to become president. And well, probably soon maybe, but not so far. Maybe, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And it's because Christianity is just pervasive throughout the United States. Where you're abnormal for not believing in God. And you say that, and we all automatically think of the Christian God. Right. Mm -hmm. It would annoy me so much in like middle school, even when I was a Christian, I would be so confused about when people said that... It's like a really complex thing to describe. Like people would be like, I'm not, I don't believe in God and say something where they would be specifically talking about the Christian God as if that is the God. I was, it was so confusing. It's like, you believe that the Christian God is God, but you don't believe in him. It's so confusing well, it, to me. If I stopped being Christian, that would mean that I stopped believing that the Christian God was God. If you believe the Christian God is God, aren't you scared of going to hell? Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, Bonnie, as far as your wedding ring conundrum and gold, I would suggest white gold. No. What, I, what I know what wedding. you mean. I, I like that, too, and it's pretty, but I just like the color of the gold. And it's not it's not re- re- replicatable, right? It's only so nice when it's actual gold. Like, you can't see a picture of gold. You can't see something that's colored gold and it be as amazing as real gold. Well, and I think with the emerald ring, I think gold goes better with that. Thank you know, it, it, it pairs nicely. You were talking about it clashing with your skin, and it's a little lighter tone of gold. That was, I guess, my my point. But uh, well, to a certain extent, you, you want things that come clear? that you know clash with your skin, right? You you wouldn't want a color of ring, and like if your skin is more goldish, you wouldn't want a gold ring because it would blend in too much with your skin, or it'd be too similar, but just. Or just wrong enough to to lo- not look good. This this is why they suggest blue eye people shouldn't wear mm-hmm. blue eyeshadow because if if the shades are close but not quite right, it clashes. Yeah, I think that so many like older people give you advice about makeup or 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 jewelry and stuff like that because like you don't want to look strange and it's like people don't care anymore about that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, why ever would I want to look strange? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think people care about that at all. Like, people now completely draw thick lines of eyeliner on their face, and it's, you know, normal. doesn't look strange to anyone. Some people do entire paintings on their face with, like, makeup and stuff, and it, some of it looks fantastic. Like, I wouldn't wear it, Then I wouldn't <laughs> want to spend eight hours doing my makeup ever, much less, like, even if they only do it once a year, it's like, God, man, that's... I yeah. there I would literally rather do anything else than eight hours of makeup. That's why but, I can't be goth. Yeah, I, I do my makeup the same way almost every single day, and I've got it down to us to an art or a science or whatever, whichever one makes the most sense for me to take like five minutes to do it. That's that's, how, that's, that's what how I feel is. too, and I still sometimes I'm like, ugh, I don't want to go upstairs and do my makeup right now. And, and then sometimes it's like relaxing. Sometimes I do it like for fun and like do more. But as far as just like my everyday stuff. Yeah, I have it down. Something like, tells really me quick. that uh, Major Payne probably didn't call in to yeah. talk about makeup. <laughs> I was going to ask if he had any makeup advice, but I'm assuming he doesn't. Well, the, only, the only thing I would say is every man appreciates a good-looking woman wearing a modicum of makeup. But I have seen some girls wearing so much war paint. <laughs> it's like, when are you going to when are you going to jump the res? You know. Jump the res? Does that mean like some... Yeah, that's what, the, that's what they call it when the Indians go off the reservation. To fight oh. or something else? Okay. Too much I... war paint. Too much war paint. Okay. I've war never considered okay. makeup to be war paint, but... Well, I mean, you think I mean, about yeah. it, they're all good <laughs> It's not inaccurate. It's a war out there. I just never really. It can be right. I mean, especially if you ask the the zennials and the zoomers out there who are like too terrified to make eye contact with the guy at a bar. Like, this is a war zone. I got PTSD now. I actually wore blue eyeliner the night I met Ian or um, eyeshadow, and I oh, remember really? oh, I was. So it works. I was doing my makeup, and my roommate. I didn't tell her like what I was doing, and she. I was because I was going with my male friends because I feel like my 
female friend who's like my age or a little bit younger than me might be like, you don't want to go meet a guy. That's dangerous because that's how people are. This is from Alfred North Whitehead. What is moral in any given time or place? It is what is the majority then and there happen to like. And immorality is what they dislike. I don't know. I, I can't agree because it's like. That, that is herd mentality and that is what drives the damn bus. But is it like. the truth? Is it really what morality is? I don't think no. it is. I think it's just what those people are using it's to justify it. given time or place. No, I get what it's saying. I mean, people once, you know, adv- felt like slavery was okay, but I would still argue that that didn't make slavery moral. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I feel that morality is objective, not subjective, but some people vehemently disagree. I, d- I think it's subjective, but I think the standards by which I determine what is and isn't moral transcends a given time or space, and that is based more on principles and compassion than it is anything else I, to me that's the subjectivity of it yes i i determined that this thing is moral or this thing is immoral and i don't think that's coming to me from a god or some external source or whatever i think is 100 subjective but i could be wrong i guess in that way i could see why it would be called subjective because i think that it comes from me but it comes from different parts of me than i mean parts of me that are you know like ancient like your dna is basically like i mean you're you're you were inside your like grandmother at one point because mm-hmm. your mom's yeah. eggs were all formed before she was born. Like yeah, you're you're part of your ancestors, you're part of the universe, and I, I don't think that it's I, I don't think that slavery could have ever been fine if the whole world agreed that it was fine, you know? I agree entirely. And very very well said, Bonnie. It's certainly a difficult thing to say what is and isn't more like most people right now are totally fine with, you know, uh, widespread industrialized animal farming mm-hmm. and the, or or they at least turn a blind eye to it because they, they don't want to look at it but like we're going to be judged by that future generations are going to look at the tyson factory farms and they're going to judge us as at least as badly as we judge the the slave owners from the 18th century and the 17th century or the 16th whatever century i'm thinking of but the People's morals change over time, but that doesn't make what society deems to be moral or immoral changes over time. But I don't think that has any impact on what actually is and isn't moral. I think a good moral compass is just compassion and empathy. Let that be your moral compass. If you need anything more than empathy to be a moral compass, then then you're probably immoral in the first place. I don't need a God to tell me what is and isn't moral. I don't need a Bible because I have empathy. I've got this article here about what the feds are teaching in diversity training. And I i don't know how to feel about this. Right? What is Be- diversity training, first of all? It's where they train you how to, how to tolerate and accept and how to work with people who are trans or LGBTQ or black or whatever minority one wants to insert, right? It's training you to, to adapt to diversity in the workplace. And I'm torn on the subject because on the one hand, yes, I think it's silly for anyone to spend money having a seminar about men getting pregnant. On the other hand, this is the federal government. And if there is any institution to which I am going to allow absolutely no slack when it comes to how they treat minorities, it's going to be the federal government, right? It, it, my own personal experience with people is I don't care if an individual out there wants to call me a male or wants to call me he, him, whatever, I I don't care. I, I would rather they not do that, but that's their right, and I'm not going to argue with them, and I'm not going to spend any time trying to convince them otherwise. This shows you who they are. Sure. But when it comes to the federal government, they don't get that same slack because they're tyrants, they're thugs, they put a gun to people's heads, they do what they do through the application of force and violence. And... Anywhere where they have, where they can be held accountable, had their feet held to the fire, I think is somewhere where one should hold their feet to the fire. So I don't know how to feel about diversity training. In general, I think it's silly and useless and it's probably not doing any good. But when it comes to the federal government, I don't know. I kind of want them wasting their resources on this. Right. And <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I wouldn't want an employer out there to be forced to say that a man can get pregnant. But 
I'm okay with the government being forced to say that and government employees being forced because their entire livelihoods are around forcing other people to do and say certain things. So let's get into it here. Asking an Asian person person for math help is a microaggression, according to um, this article here from the Washington Free Beacon, which I've never heard of before. Presumably this is because... Uh, stereotypically, Asian people are good at math. Yeah, I'm assuming that's where they're going with that. But what if I'm just asking people in general for help with math? Like, I ask five people for help with math, and it, one of them happens to be Asian. It's well, like a horribly worded thing. I think it's it should have said something like, joking that an Asian person would be better at math for being Asian is a microaggression. But that's, but that's not what they mean, though. They mean even asking an Asian person, which is what's... I've seen this happening a lot where people are trying so hard not to be racist that they come full circle yeah. and they're being even more racist yeah. than regular racist that, people. That's a good you know point. Because I mean? going like, I will not ask her that question because I might be seeming racist is like, they're probably sitting there like, why didn't they ask me? Yeah, well, it's like, just be a normal person. Like, I, It's just strange to me that people need to be taught these sort of things, you know? I never lose an opportunity to rail against public education. Like today, as I mentioned earlier, I had to meet with an evaluative therapist again. And sure enough, at some point in there, you know, I was asked about school. And I was like, well, I liked school for the first few years, after which the curriculum was so repetitive mm-hmm. and so tedious that it stopped being engaging and I stopped paying any attention to it and my grades began declining. It's not because I got dumber as I got older. It was because, okay, we learned multiplication last year. Yeah, but it's like... Can you teach me something new? You probably got it right away. And majority majority of the kids whose parents didn't help them or who just weren't naturally as intelligent as you or whatever just didn't get it right away. I remember when we first started learning multiplication too, and I felt the same way. Like I felt like we've been doing this forever. I know all of these by heart and other kids haven't even started to grasp the concept yet. Like why, why do I have to keep doing multiplication forever? Well, and that's the point. You're only like the group is only as strong as the weakest link. So if they're, it's really just holding children back and those children that aren't as intelligent really need more one-on-one, Absolutely. you know, need more one-on-one education. So even the, the dumber kids, I don't, that's kind of mean, but whatever. Well, it's it's holding a, everyone back. It's it's not, large classroom sizes aren't really good for anyone, I don't think. And when I was a kid, starting in like fifth grade, they would break us into like the advanced kids, the medium kids, and the slowest kids that needed the most help. And that was helpful because like, we'd be reading higher level books in our reading classes and doing mm-hmm. be- better math than, than the slowest kids. But they have now decided that that's racist and they don't have advanced and medium. They, everyone's the same. It's like that is doing exactly what Nikki said, making everyone as slow as the slowest kid. Well, and what happens is the more intelligent kids, they're not stimulated. So like Arya said, you know, your grades start declining because you're not paying attention. You're doing other things. Why should you pay class. attention? Right. You know, exactly. So like I remember in high school, I skipped class all the time because I was bored and I would go hide in the library and read. You know, I wasn't doing anything bad. I was just trying to learn. So I'm yep. like, I'll read all these history books and all this other stuff because what I'm learning, I know geometry. I'm not going to that class. I want to learn something new. I want to be stimulated. And I think a lot of children and teens are feeling that way. I think English classes are probably one of the worst examples I can think of because I got excellent grades in all of my English classes long after I stopped paying attention. Like my ninth grade English class, I passed with the 100 and I literally just sat at the computer writing a novel every single day. And the the justification for that was that, well, I was doing English and I was demonstrating a mastery of the concepts without having to actually do those particular assignments. Well, well, everyone else was, you know, where do you need to use a comma in this sentence? I was over there writing a book that was it was terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure it was terrible. There's no but surviving. You knew where to put the comma. Yeah. But I knew where to put the comma. Right. And. It's like if you don't, if you're in the ninth grade and you still don't know how to use a comma, then another year of it's not going to help you. One NASA training states that efforts to be colorblind actually limit us. 
And I understand where they're coming from with this. I don't know if I agree or disagree because I haven't given it that much thought. And honestly, there there are bigger fish to fry in in my life than than whether or not being colorblind is a good thing or a bad thing. But the idea is that if you're colorblind, then you don't recognize the disadvantages that black Americans have had foisted upon them by the institutions of the United States. That's the idea behind that. And because you're colorblind, you don't recognize the hardships that they've had to deal with. And that's a bad thing. I agree with that. And I also think it's important to celebrate other cultures and, you know, even celebrate other, you know, other appearances like, Skin colors and yeah. all sorts of things. I think treating everybody the same is never a good thing, or very rarely a good thing. I should say. I just I don't want to go into life assuming every black person that I see has been oppressed in their life because, like, most of them, or not most of the ones I've ever talked to about the subject, will tell me. Like a friend of mine that went to high school with me, like, never ever felt different for being black in her life like it it just it depends on the person that, that that's the thing for me it's racist to treat someone like a certain way based on their color because you're not treating them as an individual person like the next black person i talked to could probably say yeah i felt you know you know oppressed by my whole town the whole time i mean i i've heard heard you know yeah Stories both ways, but it depends on the person, not their race. Uh, I'm not my race. I, and it's so weird to think of that. Like, the idea that people would just think of me as just white is so freaking weird. Like, I'm just like all other white people. Like, I've never just felt like, oh, me and other white people, when I see them, I'm like, thank God there's a white person here. Like, I don't think about that with other white people at all. Like, I don't know. It probably varies a lot from one place to the other. Uh, I, I imagine that some that a black person in, like, Robinsonville, that's Tunica, Mississippi, is going to have a very different experience from a black person like Keene, New Hampshire. So I, I imagine they do feel more oppression and more racism uh, in certain places, but that that certainly doesn't suggest that every single black American has had to give up their seat on the bus, right? Yeah. The, the, not every black person is Rosa Parks, and not every trans person is... I can't think of a famous trans person. It, Caitlyn Jenner wants it to be her, but it is so <laughs> definitively not Caitlyn Jenner that I don't know what, what to say. I thought she was the spokesperson for all trans people. <laughs> no. I mean, obviously you're being facetious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a single trans person that's like, oh, thank God Caitlyn Jenner's up there talking on our behalf. Every single <laughs> one of them is like, no, look, Caitlyn Jenner doesn't have it, she doesn't represent us. She doesn't. We have no common ground with her aside from the fact that we, we both are trans. That that's the full extent of what we have in common. Yesterday, for or for whatever reason, I ended up looking at one of my old blogs from a very very long time ago, and not, not what I said wasn't cringy. There's plenty of cringy stuff on there from <laughs> me, but this, this wasn't that particular example. I had taken a screenshot of a friend of mine at the time who who, who was talking about how much she hated white people. And it's just about how gross they were and how disgusting they were and how evil and blah, 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 blah. And like, bitch, you are whiter than I am. Well, right? She had, com- she, she was the whitest person I've ever seen. Just completely white. Her, her name might as well have been Brittany. She was, <laughs> she was a straight up white. No minority in her whatsoever, but that didn't stop her from just going off at No, length. I know a lot of white people like that where they're like, oh, it's, it's one thing if it's funny, if it's a joke, it's like, oh, stuff white people do. Like, oh, only a white person would do this. Like, yeah, I love saying that to stuff, Mark. You know, like that type of stuff is funny. <laughs> yes. But when people are seriously like self-hatred, like we are evil, it's it's really but see, they don't really say we toxic. are evil they it's like they're separating themselves, themselves. From, yes. yeah. yeah yeah that's so true but it's still there's it's cringy there has to be like some subconscious guilt or something there unless they're yeah. like that girl on dr phil that is clearly the, white but she's like oh the catch me outside girl ah uh, yeah she's no, awesome she says she's <laughs> she's not talking with the black scent she's talking with an urban accent that's what she says or maybe I'm thinking of another girl. Who's oh, maybe like, well, Vicky. Yes, her. Yeah. And she's like, okay. I'm black. And it's like, well, you're not. But her okay. mom said she's not and she still believes she is. Well, we've all seen the I'm sure we've all seen the picture of the guy who was wearing the suit that just said F white people all over it. Yeah. Like, it's just just a fat, obese white dude wearing this <laughs> suit that um, literally just said F white people all over it. It's yeah. so stupid. It's like, dude, you, you know, you're white, right? Have you seen a mirror lately? And I I don't think you should 
have this mentality at all, but like you shouldn't demonize an entire race of people or dislike an entire race of people for something, some portion of those people, even if 99% of those people or 99, even if all but one white person has done this evil thing, that still is no reason to hate all white people because it's still that one person who has not, and who does not fit that stereotype. And you should always Give someone the benefit of the doubt to be an individual and not just a monolithic member of this group. Absolutely. But too many people look at one another as, oh, when, when I first came out as trans, I encountered this. I got into an argument online. with uh, He didn't even participate in it. It was this guy called the Liberal Redneck who made this video of this this really cringy family walking through, and they were super cringy. They walked through a Target with a Bible held in the air, quoting Bible verses because Target had just announced their trans policy where trans people could use whatever bathroom they wanted. Oh my God. I don't even think it's a trans policy. It's just a a policy, right? You use whatever. Look, if you've got to pee, I I don't care which bathroom yep, you use. Just wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Just wash <laughs> your hands after it. So they made this video of them walking through this Target with a Bible held in the air, quoting Bible verses or whatever, none of which had anything to do with you know trans people, obviously, because... Did trans- they have to do with like God telling them to murder people or saying slavery is okay or anything like that? Probably not, <laughs> but I don't remember what the exact Bible verses were. And the liberal redneck made a video criticizing them and you know how, how it was wrong for them to do this. And he was right on so many things, but then suddenly he goes... Yeah, and they're probably racist and all of this other stuff. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on, dude. Assumptions. Yeah, there is nothing, nothing they did here that even sort of suggests they have anything against black people or whatever color. Presumably, he meant racist against black people. But being anti-trans doesn't mean they're racist. So I disputed that, and I was flooded with comments from his supporters saying. What are you talking about? He's speaking up for you. Just shut up and let him make his point. He's, <laughs> he's trying to make your life better. Oh, because you needed him to defend you? Exactly. Needed him to be racist? And I literally pointed out to people, no, 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 look, I'm speaking for me, yeah. not him. He's speaking for him, and he's using people like me to, to put his voice out there in a stronger way or to make it seem like he's more than he really is. Mm-hmm. He's not speaking for me. I'm speaking for me, and you are telling me, the literal trans person, to be quiet and let the straight cis dude speak for me. We have Chuck on the line from Washington. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. I mean, racism, isn't that kind of a weird thing? It It, is weird to be racist. Huh? It is weird to be racist. I mean, it's kind of weird, right? But there, there is some evolutionary advantage to this categorization and classification of things right like it's it's discriminatory of me to assume that a random bear in the woods is going to kill me if i if i try to pet it right that that, i am discriminating against that bear by assuming that it's going to be vicious but if i wasn't making that assumption i would be dead (laughs) all the p all the human beings not capable of making that assumption would have been killed by bears, and evolution would have gotten rid of that inability to make that categorization. But we're also, like, uh, evolved enough to know the difference between in consciousness between a bear who literally is living off instincts and a human being who isn't. That's the critical distinction, certainly. But an assessment, survival assessment, like, type of a thing that's going on there. This bear... Uh, won't kill me like a Mexican guy will. I mean, what does that mean? Is that what we're talking about? I don't even know. I, I really don't know. No. They... Let me tell you about one of the weirdest, the weirdest uh, racist kind of ex- uh, experiences that I had was in Seattle, Washington, when all of the uh, the Chaz and Chop thing was happening there. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. It was <laughs> so... uh, autonomous zones. Yeah, right, some, some right. liberals, some Black Lives Matter advocates, I seem to oh, recall, took yes. over a portion of the city and called it a well, special I autonomous zone. Yeah, I don't think it's accurate enough to say it was just Black Lives Matter. There was a lot of stuff going on there. I mean, a lot of stuff. Separatist people like the, um, what do they call it, the Cascadia movement uh, people there. I don't know, man. I didn't follow it that closely. I'm not from Me Washington, either. and it's just some random Cascadia city. The movement is uh, th- these people that believe that uh, 
the western portion of northern california oregon washington and canada should be its own country but anyway uh one of the most racist things that uh, i saw was a bunch of white people that were all dressed in black that surrounded themselves around capitol hill uh the football field they have there there there's like a at the center of where all that protest happened in 2020 there was there's a, a in, at chop there's a a, a ball field there <clears throat> in seattle a, a, yeah okay a, a, a ball field and it's surrounded by a mixture of residential high density high density residential areas so you've got sure uh, it's in the middle of know. a suburb right and then they just took that over so all these white people on juneteenth in 2020 all these white people dressed in black decided that they were going to surround the football field at at, at at chop and not let anybody in if they were not black if the free state project movement turns into oh we all agree that taking kids to trans uh, or taking kids to drag shows is grooming and that type of person i literally don't want to be a part of it and you guys can't have ian anymore no i'm with you i mean i wouldn't be a part of such a group anyway right because i mean i'm one of these these trans people but we do have not not you guys i meant them yeah but we do have that issue where trans people are told that you're not really trans as you mentioned you're not really queer unless you're a marxist according to this one person i've literally been told that i'm not part of the collective because i'm a libertarian and they good they capitalize collective with a capital c by the way it was like how dare you go against the collective or something i don't remember the exact way they put it but it was basically look how dare you think for yourself and like it's just so gross it's such a gross yeah the crux of mentality transgenderism is individuality that i should be able to express myself and be an individual however i choose whatever lines of society that happens to cross but as long as it doesn't cross those political lines. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the people that you can tell are just conservatives pretending to be libertarians, they have jumped on this groomer thing so hard because for the longest time, they've been anti-gay people, anti-trans people living their own lives, but they couldn't really say anything because they couldn't think of a way that impacts them personally, so they just had to not say anything. But this was an invention of the media to make it to where people can be more... Um, you know, you know, to to make it to where bigoted. people can be more bigoted and separated because um, now they've given the conservatives this idea yeah, that it, yeah, it affects them because it affects my children, and then they're like, okay, yeah, now I can just be a straight up bigot because I found a way to make it seem like I'm being oppressed by gay people existing. Finally, we've done it. We have our racist card. We and it's groomers. And and isn't the evidence like? completely clear at this point that these people who are upset about this have never seen a drag show yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely and they may have seen clips of some adult drag shows on the internet but they've never actually been to a drag show much less one that markets itself as family friendly i mean clearly not i remember i mean i actually don't remember this but my family members has have told me stories of when i was five years old there were drag queens at a family party and I was dancing with them. I've always loved to dance. You know, we were having a great time. I probably didn't realize that they were men dressed dressed in women's clothing. Like I didn't I didn't know what a drag queen was, right? But I wasn't traumatized by it. They didn't try to molest me or anything. Like it was totally <laughs> fine, wholesome fun. There were no dildos involved. Like it was just it was yeah. it was just normal. So I don't really understand why there's just this huge controversy over it. The best example I've seen, the best explanation that I've seen was on the TikTok video that we posted about the drag queen discussion where someone pointed out that, you know, drag queen entertainment is just like any other form of entertainment. You wouldn't take your kids to go see, you wouldn't take your six-year-old to see Halloween ends, right? But you would take them to go see Frozen 2 or whatever. Well, some, some drag shows are on the Halloween ends kind of things where they're for adults only or on the... I don't, uh, basic instinct kind of thing where you may see Sharon Stone flash the entire audience. Mm-hmm. Some of them are on that side of things, where, but some of them are on the frozen side of things where they're, they, they are family friendly. And to equate 
all drag shows as being family friendly or family unfriendly because, you know, Halloween Kills isn't for movie for kids. And that means all movies are bad for kids. It's fundamentally not how that form of entertainment is. And it's obvious when you think about this in that context, because I can think of a lot of music that I wouldn't necessarily encourage a five year old kid to listen to. Right. But I can think of plenty of music that I would say, hey, five-year-old kid, here. Like, I wouldn't hand a five-year-old kid the latest Tool album and be like, here you yeah. go, kid. You're here. welcome. Here's yeah. some Cannibal Corpse. Well, I, I chose Tool for a very specific reason. It's not because they have profane lyrics or adult themes or anything like that. It's just it's overly complicated yeah, stuff the concepts, that yeah. a five-year-old kid would not be. They want to sing Happy Birthday and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and very simple little melodies like that. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, uh, I just wanted to bring up the lie detector. I have seen a lie detector show on PBS last night, and I really thought it was really intriguing. So the conclusion of the matter is that it, it does work. I mean, they still use Sometimes. it. Sometimes. Like, I mean, it's, it's based on science. I mean, what what is your opinion on it? Well, I think, I, I don't know exactly what they use, but I'm assuming they use things like heart rate, maybe? And... They've certainly gone beyond the polygraph at this point. The polygraph has been yeah, proven yeah. to have an accuracy of only like so, 60, 70%. Really? And so what do they use to... Well, it's not admissible determine... in court. The polygraph isn't. No, I know. But like, I, I don't... I don't like any sort of technology that erases the human element. I don't like mind reading technology or anything in that direction. I don't like lie detection technology, but there's this game called BS, right? It's a card game. And mm-hmm. yeah. b- basically you end up having to tell a lie to the people you're playing. And I don't remember exactly the rules, but my family played this at family gatherings and my grandmother, it did not matter if my, if me or my sister tried to tell a lie while playing this game, bam, caught every single time. Because she knows your yes. um your physical cues and you know your behaviors flawlessly. So, and I feel the same way about my little sister. I would always know when she was lying because she's just bad liar. I, I'm a much better liar than her. <laughs> uh, my grandmother, she had it. I, I don't know what tells we had, but she knew every single time before we would even open our mouth. She was like, "BS." And that was the end of it. And I like that aspect. I don't like how good she was at it, but I like that human aspect of it, that poker playing aspect of it, yeah. where you have to be able to read people and assess them and all of that. The the ambiguity, the uncertainty. I I fear a world where your your deepest thoughts, your your truest intentions, whatever, yeah. can be laid out for the whole world to see whether you like it or not. Yeah, and I don't know that how. Uh huh. I was just going to say, I don't know how the polygraphs work, but I know, you know, people like through meditation and in certain thought techniques, people can lower their heart rate and, you know, monks can take a, a soaking towel and dry it in seconds. I don't know if that's real, but, you know, I've, You're I've talking heard... about the Wim Hof type of stuff, right? Yeah, I was saying yeah. Wim Hof. I never heard that about drying a towel. That's crazy. And I, had, I had heard something about that when I was in high school. It was like these like their body heat? Who, pre- who would would do very similar things to Wim Hof where they would go out into the wilderness and like into the snowy wilderness wearing only a wet towel. And after maybe not a few minutes, but after not long, the towel would be completely dry and they would maintain warmth. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.